Red light leads Red and green. Both have to be on. Not just red. Oh, was it just red? Before? It was just red. Red, red and green. green. Alright. Red and green. It's like Christmas. Right. This is the we only talk about Christmas stuff, Christmas related activities. This is the Christmas edition. This is the Santa. This is cast. the Christmas in July, but it's actually September. Right. So we don't know it's why. It's nothing. Okay. We ready to rock and roll? I'm ready to rock well, and roll. roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. So this is the I Don't Heart Radio pod. I'm Summer Krinsky. I'm Scott Murphy. And this could be your next favorite band. Uh, what we do is, uh, well, what we actually do is record album. Yeah, that's basically all we do with our lives. I quit my job. You quit your job a while ago. Right. <laughs> We you joined usually me. quit job, and we just work on album. And once a week, we Scott scours the internet for some cool um, music that is not getting as much attention as it deserves. And then he does as much research as possible on the subject. But often, um, when music isn't getting that much attention, there's also not quite that much information. There aren't a lot of primary sources. Yeah, which is part of the problem because I yeah. think that the reason that um, people are like still upset, yeah, like the Rolling Stones are cool, whatever. Like, why do we know every moment of what's his face's Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger, Keith like, Richards? Well, I don't yeah. even know what they're doing on Tuesday, September, whatever, 2022. You know, it's it's just not relevant to my life anymore. Can we cover someone? who's making stuff right now that I would like to know what they're doing right now. The, yeah. Tell anyway, me what you're doing. That's what we're doing. We're trying to figure out what you're doing, person who's making stuff. Um and so there's uh we pieced together the story of of some modern artists careers yeah. and kind of kind of do some fill in the blanks. We editorialize. We editorialize. We find some side topics. Some people... There's a part 1, part 2. We do corrections corner. Yeah, if you if we've covered you and we got something wrong, you please you write can us. Just message me and I'll say that I did a little mix of up. There's a lot of inference that happens. It has to. It has to because there's not enough. Yeah, and people are too unreliable to interview. Um, so that's <laughs> what we do. But so do we you just wanna, write your story. Do you want to know what you should do, you the listener? Is it like comment and subscribe? It I is, always say that, but we're not on YouTube. So uh, share, right. share this podcast and give, give it, it five, five stars. stars. It gives uh, it a huge boost in the algorithm. Give me that algo. Um, so give it five stars. Uh, give it a review. Uh, follow it on Spotify. Share it to your friends. Send this episode to one friend. Yeah. And if you've been sent this episode you know pass it pass along it on. and if you don't do that i think that we're starting a modern chain mail you might have seven years of bad sex starting I right now so. you've been cursed it starts right now okay <laughs> um so who are we talking about today we are talking about uh ian Ridenauer. and this one is a listener this is a listener sub- yes so um that's just to also say if you have a band that you think should be covered on this um you are a band you are an artist you make music you know someone who makes music and you think that um the stuff you're putting out is really good we'll be the judge of that uh send it to i don't heart radio pod at gmail.com 
Um, and so this is a, a submission. This is a listener submission. And if you would like to send something in, just email I don't heart radio pod at gmail.com. I just said that. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention to you. <laughs> Come on. Did you do the funny subject line? No, I thought we'd do that at the end. We usually determine the funny subject line uh, I already throughout have the episode. It. I'm All just right. really well prepared today. Give it to us. Subject human, line. Human cheese. Human cheese? Yes. Okay, we're going to find out We why are going to find moment. out. This is how well prepared I am for today. I have all of it. Wow. Usually we just kind of stumble our way through it. So I'm thrilled to see what prepared Scott looks like. <laughs> I don't know. If or you're maybe terrifying. <laughs> it might know. be terrifying. So Ian Reidenhauer um, grew up in North Dakota, which, you know who else did? Uh, you. Me. Like, me and only 30,000 other people. So we are an elite bunch. That's a word for it. It is. I would <laughs> say yeah, down with coastal elites, up with North Dakotan elites. elites. You're definitely a bunch. A small, uh, a group. It's a group. It's, this yeah. is actually the second North Dakota artist that we have covered. Right. Something's happening there. There's, it's very flat and boring. It's so very flat and boring. So if you commit to just trying to do something, you can really rise above. Kind of like the Midwest in the winter It's and, and the East Coast in the winter. It's just like when it, it gets it unbearable to go outside or in the, in all the events. North Dakota never had events to start. Yeah. I'm gathering from my no. few visits. Um. And but the rest of the Midwest and East Coast that has stuff going on, everything kind of shuts down, and then winter you get sad and productive usually, and get a lot of work done, in among and you know try to not just cry yourself to sleep every night. Yeah, I mean you have to, mm-hmm. you you have to, but you have to split time. You have to schedule. You yeah. have to have that strong uh, Midwestern work ethic to both cry yourself to sleep and also accomplish something. Right. Also a big part of the formula is leaving North Dakota, which uh, Ian also did. Uh, moved to Asheville, which, better choice. I love Asheville. Much better hang. Yeah. There's stuff going on there, uh, and you can really get something going. You probably um, have more luck with the banks there. We Famously, Scott and I, I forget if we've talked about this story on an episode before, but Scott and I got the cops we called a bank. on. We got the cops called on us at a bank in North Dakota because they stole our money. Yeah. At a drive-through ATM. It's a very long story, but yeah, they they called the cops on us and we were we were screaming in the drive-through. Call them. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried You stole our money. You're the thieves. We tried to like <laughs> get the support of our fellow like people. There was a drive-through line. There was a line. And, and everyone just said we were like, don't you, we, they, this, you're about to put your money. In this bank that just stole, stole our, our money, money, fellow aren't customer. You, aren't you concerned? And they were like, honk, honk, fuck you. They were like, honk, honk, fuck you. We're also, also calling, calling the, the cops. cops. Everyone called the cops <laughs> on us. We stand, we screamed, do it. You stole our money. Call the cops. And then once the cops were actually on their way, we ran. Ran away. We ran. <laughs> well, we had a show that night. Yeah, and we ran to the show. We, we did. We went to the show. So, uh, North Dakota's terrible. Uh, Ian Reidenhauer has risen above the terribleness. Uh, and in a pretty short amount of time, they have released uh, two full-length albums, an EP and a single uh, starting in 2014, Quietly Making Noise, 2016's Cry About It, 
2018's Ribcage EP, and then the XOXO single came out in 2020. Oh, cool. Uh, Ian is still a young lad. He is, oh, uh, well, he's in college right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Truly a, a young, Tr- that's, he's I mean, a, that's a lot to be putting out. That's a lot like, to be putting out. He's, I mean, I guess I was making music leading up, like, as a as a high schooler, but all of that is, I think, lost to the the MySpace reformatting. Right. I think it got, yeah, it got filed away. Kind of, you know. For the better? I don't know. I don't know. So I, there uh, were some bops. I, do ha- I did have some MySpace bangers. Yeah, there were some bops for sure, and I don't know if they're refindable. They're not. Rip. Yep. That anyway. is, you know, Blame something Justin to be said Timberlake. about uh, archiving, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so Ian is a young guy. Uh, he just he enrolled at Berkeley in 2020, I oh, think. Oh, classic. So is he going to drop out? We can only hope. That's, that uh, is the, the, so, like, I feel like a lot of my favorite musicians um, started in Berkeley and drop out halfway. That's just like a, a classic. It's a move. rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ian, uh, would you listen my to this? My dad did that. Consider. It was one of his. Yeah. It might be time. You I might mean, be maybe. ready. Yeah. But also. I don't know. I think that that is the path to a lot of people's success. Start at Berkeley and drop out. <laughs> I you could probably also finish and do stuff, but you lose time. I mean, I finished a, f- a four year degree, and you right. lose a lot of your youth. Th- that's a lot of the it. youth juice. Yeah. Though he he has gotten the youth juice out. Right. We've got we're we're two albums deep, uh, and there are so this is a uh, it's very. Uh, as described by Sav from the Accidentals, our friend, who, who yes, uh, friend of the show, <laughs> who be so bold, who wasn't uh, the person that wrote in. It's cool. It's like yeah. uh, all the many connections um, that yeah. You know, the world is crazy. The world's small. This is our friend in a band that's based out of Michigan. That uh, one of my one of my uh, housemates and best friends tours uh, doing their sound for many years, and and I guess is friends with. It's just a small world. The, yeah. the the scene of people that are really trying in music. <laughs> it's tiny. Yeah. So, uh, okay, they, what did Sab say? Yeah. Uh, he plays music as if uh, it's a Jack White meets Ben Folds, mm-hmm. was Sab's quote. And I do, that feels accurate. You know, it's piano, it's hooky, it's got a little bit of edge uh, beyond just being, you know. Uh, it's funny that that's part of the descriptor because that was going to be my one. Um, uh-huh. personal dislike about the music, and there's a lot to like. So I don't right. want to just start off negative, right, right, but right. I hate Ben Folds. I right. hate right. Ben Folds, and I was going to say there's some Ben Folds energy. There's some Ben Folds <laughs> energy. I also... It's just felt- how you play the piano. Yeah. It's just too bangy for me. I grew up in like a classical household. It just... I, It's not... It, right. I just... Not a not a Ben Folds person. I'm not a Ben Folds person either, but I recognize. So this is also another thing. Like I recognize the um, the appeal that it has to others. Yeah, well, you and know? I also think that there's some really cool stuff about the yeah. songs um, and really really pretty stuff. It it um it really reminds me of. Uh, did you ever listen to the Rocket Summer? No, they were like a big kind of like indie pop bordering on like the emo times but more like um i don't they were huge when i was in high school i was i loved them the rocket summer and then it was funny because i was just looking them up um as you were showing me this music uh 
I was looking them up, just being like, yeah, this reminds me of them and played a song. And then I was looking at the suggestions, you know, sounds like that comes up for the Rocket Summer. Yeah. And uh, one of the top things is Cartel, which is a band that I talk about all the time because of my fever dream like memory of this like I think I feel like it's a Bernstein Berenstein bear wormhole uh-huh. that only I went through. Did you ever watch the it's MTV or VH1 Band in a Bubble? No. Okay, no one remembers this. Okay. What tell <laughs> me what Band in a Bubble is? I was an is. only child. Uh-huh. I loved music and yeah. rock and roll and I didn't have anyone else to play with about or you know, I, like talk about it with. So I watched a lot of like MTV VH1 stuff. Right. And um there was a summer where they put a band, which was Cartel, who sounds kind of like Ian and sounds kind of like the Rocket Summer. It's uh-huh. in the same vibe. And uh, they put them in a giant, clear, see-through, like a bubble. A bubble. They made them live in this bubble. They had to live in the bubble. For months. A whole summer. Wild. Sponsored by, like, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They put them in this bubble, and then they had to write an album. But it was in the middle of like New York City or something. So everyone was walking by. This sounds watching awesome. Watching them live in this bubble. I know. I don't know why. Why no can't one, we do this again? No, I did it ever happen because I have this distinctive memory of band in a bubble being this strange, like fascinating, weird, and it was like it wasn't a show. It was like um, you know how like on Nickelodeon they would cut to slime time things. Yeah, that are, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sort so of it's commercial like a cutaway, break, but it's yeah, it's like. So it wasn't even a show. No, no, no. It's not a show on its own. It was and it's a not bit. a commercial on its own. It was a recurring bit. Throughout a whole summer. Yes. It was like, let's check in on the band in a bubble. Th- that's awesome. That's yeah. legitimately awesome. I mean, that's like, that is like my, that, that's my old man but energy. No one that- else remembers it. But I'm sold. I am. Did anyone else watch this? Was I the only one, or did I imagine Band in a Bubble? (laughs) Cartel's definitely a real band, right? Cartel's real for sure. But were they in a bubble? Uh, Cartel. I brought this up so many times. Yeah, and no one else (laughs) remembers the Band in a Bubble summer of MTV or VH1. I can't remember which network. Okay. Write uh, us in. Someone needs to validate summer. I uh, feel like it, it's maybe like the point where I entered a different universe than the rest of humanity. Uh-huh. And then I somehow came back to this one. Right. And I was the only one that experienced Band in a Bubble. Maybe it was a prophecy. And I am meant Are to put you... together a Band in a Bubble show. Right. For Cartel. For Cartel. Or did it happen? Someone right. tell us. Someone let us know. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that was a big... No, that's what we're all about. That's but that's such that's such an awesome premise, and that's I wish that stuff like that was happening still. That's so good. Yeah, someone put a band. We'll go in a bubble. I'll go in a fucking bubble. Yeah, I mean we're sort of, and then I was actually thinking about that and being like, because we're filming the process of making this album, and though we're not technically, we're basically living in a bubble. We're basically banned in a bubble because they're not allowed to leave the bubble. They're not. They have a kitchen, a bathroom, and a bed, in, yeah. and a recording studio that's, in the bubble. Yeah, <laughs> they're just in it for months. And we're sort of doing that in that I guess we we do like I leave to go home, but you said it the other day I think best that you built, built me you a, a habitat. habitat. <laughs> <laughs> like it just made me think of I love frogs and I would catch frogs when I was little yeah. and like I would make them a little frog habitat. But it's true, you built me a habitat. Well, you quite famously won't leave your house. I don't like which I leaving. I mean is great. I I wouldn't want to leave either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. 
for the first year of doing summer like the season, yeah. we had to practice at your house. Yeah. Um, and you had us play in your basement, it which was, was a gross place. It was. It started gross. Like it was a gross ass basement. Mm-hmm. It was there were dusty, very big centipedes. Huge centipedes. So uh, there was a point where like ants were raining from the ceiling when yes, I played drums. Yes, yes. But then only lasted ants. for like a summer. It right. Was a summer of ant rain. But then there was the sewage backup. There was that. That was gross. And then it was just for a while. Well, it was poop. It was gross. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to deal with it. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> so I had to build a perfect summer habitat <laughs> to get you because you would rather yeah like if it isn't like a perfect habitat i will not leave you house. would rather be in basement yeah in your house uh-huh i've yeah. upgraded to attic finished right. attic right yeah um, you're not i was getting pretty sick of basements that was i was at that point where i was like no I'm in, more basements I'm, well i'm getting older right <laughs> i don't know if i can keep practicing the i'm going basement. to the attic up to the attic. Up to the attic. Um, penthouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Some call it an attic. I call it a penthouse. But yeah, you built me a habitat of, you know, basically a recording studio in which everything sounds nice and... and DJ lights. There's oh, Yeah, I wouldn't accept to the no, DJ lights. not until Because there the were like DJ a few lights. years where it sounded good, but I was like, there's not good lighting. <laughs> you had like bright... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hated them. You need so, vibe. So we we now have vibe here in the summer habitat, which is our bubble in which we have been living Essentially, for the yeah. last twenty weeks mm-hmm. at least. Uh, and that's great content. I think yeah. it's great. I think that that's how stuff should get done, uh-huh. and it should be documented. Well, maybe we're, you know, this has just been listening to that music sending me back to this memory that no one else knows about. So maybe I'm living in that version of the Beatles movie where the guy remembers all the Beatles songs, but no one, uh, he yeah. wrote them. Right. I am doing that with Band, Band in a Bubble. Bubble. Huh. Destiny. <laughs> kind of a downgrade. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Yeah. So Ian has uh, made this music. It's really important to, it's just, it's wild that, uh, like something that does like exist in kind of like a low play count area, just within our small network of people, he means a lot mm-hmm. to like a lot of people, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, his claim to fame is uh, that he opened for Third Eye Blind in Asheville. It was for Tour de Fat. Um, What's that? Uh, a festival. Um, New Belgium Brewing. Okay. They so they do like a. Uh, you know, a series of shows mm-hmm. in the area in the towns where they have breweries. They started in Fort Collins, so like I know all about Tour de Fat. Cool. People dress up; it's a thing. Um, so, according to our listener email, he won a contest in order to get this opening slot. I cannot find a source to For verify this, but. Let's just roll with it because someone said it. Okay. And that's how we uh, that's how we roll here. All right. He won a contest. He won a contest open for Third Eye Blind. Uh It's in his uh, promotional material. Uh, It's in his bio. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. You know, Third Eye Blind. That's very cool. That's how is it going to be? That's (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to listen to you when you say goodbye. I honestly (laughs) of all the bands that were like kind of just like 
iconic of that time and are kind of cringe to look back on. Uh-huh. I sort of love Third Eye Blind oh, still. No, I mean, I <laughs> honestly, the the first Third Eye Blind album yeah. is technically perfect. Yeah, I mean, I uh, would p- put them on. It's been a while since I have, but all throughout, even through college, yeah. it was my, like, um, like, if if I was like having a lot of feeling either like a breakup or a, it was like good or bad, like a yeah. breakup or a happy relationship. It was a relationship album. Yeah. Like if I was it's emotional your, in that way. It's just the overblown. It, it like perfectly gets like the overblown teenage, like kind of like a red flag, uh-huh. uh, like stuff, uh, like right out there. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It was, it, it's like, Happy while also being kind of like uh, not. Um, it's uh, it's got it's got a little bit of edge. Yeah. It's got um, you know, L- it's got some lyrically without the, but musically it's just it's like got pop. big motorcycle jacket energy. Motorcycle jacket. Motorcycle jacket. You really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say it like I've, that? Well, I've really I dug deep mm-hmm. into the third eye blind. Um, universe yeah well they've been back on my radar because i listened to another podcast um called guys we fucked and uh it's a very she's trying to fuck third eye blind guy yeah well so it's a uh, it's a very funny podcast i highly recommend it and it's two comedians they're hilarious and they basically people just write in about their like relationship problems and they basically just yell at people and tell them that they're all dumb bitches but like that's like their catchphrase not in a mean way right it's like you dumb bitch yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's, it's good. good. They're good. They're talented. They're funny. Um, and uh, so one of them, one of the hosts of that show, has been like was obsessed with Third Eye Blind, and then uh-huh. has been like trying to fuck, maybe fuck Stephen Jenkins, and then he was on the podcast, and I learned that they have a shitty podcast, Third Eye Blind. Amazing. That uh, they do. Um infrequently at random times after shows and they're all fucked up and they kind of don't want anyone to listen to it because they might cancel themselves on it but also th- it's there so yeah. if you want to <laughs> i don't think that stephen jenkins fears cancellation no no he's fearless i think he's fearless okay i've got i've got a lot of research that i've been doing yeah so um that is to say that we are about to enter the back half of the uh, the episode, yeah. Uh, are we ready for that? I mean, I I would say just go listen to Ian's music. Yes, um, especially if you were a fan of like Rocket Summer, Cartel, those kind of bands at that time. It's kind of it has that similar feel. And you should um, buy his stuff on Bandcamp. He's in college. You could. Do you know how much ramen he could buy with just one album sale? Yeah, like ten ramen. Help him out. Help him out. Fueled by ramen. He's learning. He's not on that label yet, but you can literally fuel him with ramen. ramen. And then maybe he will be fueled by ramen and fueled by ramen. You know? Squared. So, back half is Third Eye Blind. The history of Third Eye Blind. Some conspiracy theories around Third Eye Blind. Uh Uh, And just, it's fascinating. It really is. And I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it together with Ian. Mm-hmm. So I'm also gonna tie it together to my overall feel on how people present themselves in 
this day and age. Okay. Okay. Everyone is afraid of like saying anything interesting. Yeah. I think that people are afraid of having a personality. And that's not to say like, I think, you know, you can have a personality and still be like conscious yeah. of others' feelings. And Well, Stephen Jenkins has a personality. Uh-huh. And it is bad. Is he not, is he not so conscious? On, uh, when he went on this other podcast, he didn't answer any of their questions. It's sort of hilarious. Right. Um, it was no, insufferable. Stephen Jenkins <laughs> is an asshole. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's great. Uh-huh. Is it? Uh, it is. Okay. I think it's great. I think okay. that I think it's Stephen Jenkins has a huge personality, uh-huh. and it is bad. Okay. And that is good for existing in the universe. Oh, all right. For, for like my entertainment, uh-huh. because as I read, I was like, amazing, incredible, and I, it just fueled me. It it gave me joy. In how much of an asshole he was. Yes. Oh, because it's it's incredible. It's like it's virtuoso level. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like when you just Assholery. watch someone be amazing, you're yeah. You can't help but be impressed. And the thing is, is that Ian, if you played with third eye blind, there is a ninety five percent chance that this man was an asshole to you. <laughs> but you're too afraid of saying it. <laughs> And the thing is, is you got it. I need to know what Stephen did to you because it was probably incredible. Add to the lore. You have to add to the lore. And I think that Stephen would appreciate it. I think that you're sitting there. You're like, I opened for Third Eye Blind and Stephen Jenkins fucked my mom. But I can't possibly say that Stephen Jenkins fucked my mom. The because stories that are just for what your if, friends. What if Third Eye Blind doesn't like me anymore? <laughs> But the thing is, is Stephen Jenkins does not care. <laughs> and uh, it would be, I would have had something way more interesting to talk about other than you open for Third Eye Blind. I'd be like, Stephen Jenkins fucked your mom. Uh-huh. Incredible. Right. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great story. Open for Third Eye Blind, then started some sort of, um, like, a posting war about how, yeah, you know, that's better your mom, press. And it's really... Affecting <laughs> making music in the future. Yeah, you're gonna make a Stephen Jenkins fucked my mom album. People have really <laughs> not literally, oh. but uh, you know there are concept albums around what an asshole Stephen Jenkins is. Well, whole okay. songs have been written about it. It's there's just so much there. Okay, tell me so about. I'm this. gonna pull some <laughs> quotes. Mm-hmm. Stephen Jenkins is a total megalomaniac freak. He's so narcissistic that he's not really capable of rational thought. Um, that is a quote by uh, Kevin Cadigan, his former bandmate, who uh, <laughs> co-wrote slash maybe quite heavily wrote the first Third Eye Blind album, the oh. really good one. Oh, yeah, but I have. I've not ever listened. That's the one with all the hits, right? That's the one with, with the Jumper. Hits. And... Yeah, Jumper, Semi Charm Kind of Life. Yeah, Semi Charm Kind of Life. There's a whole thing there. Really? There's a whole thing. It's incredible. Um, And then there's the second album, Blue. Uh, uh, So Third Eye Blind, the first album, it went six times platinum. Blue went first time platinum. And there is a hit on Blue. Um, It's, I can't, like, pull it from my brain. Like, I can't do the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I can't Uh do that But you recognize it. But I recognize it. You know, it's in a lot of movies where, like, someone fucks a pie. 
you know, uh, because. It... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Here is a uh, quote. So it sounds like maybe it was coming more from Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, here's a quote from Steve Harwell, the frontman of Smash Mouth, who I am your Facebook, Facebook friends friend. with. Wait, can I yeah. explain that real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like high school, before Smash Mouth got like before memified, the resurgence, yeah. yeah, and it got res- re- resurged into the pop culture uh, lexicon. Before then, I had a moment where I was just bored late night, and I was like, I bet that people that were rock stars like ten years ago have facebooks and they just don't like care you know they probably just like add friend add friend whatever Uh um i wonder who like has a facebook and and has become like less relevant in the but but would just like add me okay I, i don't know i was just late night bored can't sleep so i was like i wonder about the singer the lead singer of smash mouth i had to look him up uh-huh. well, who is he steve harwell I found him on Facebook. I added him. He accepted my friend request like the next day. And I have just been Facebook friends and following the ups and downs of Steve Harwell's <laughs> life since I was like 15. Incredible. Like, it's I mean, he has he has had a huge he he had a you know a comeback and he like got he got remarried or like he he started dating someone very seriously and then it was going really well and then he had a, a relapse and went back to rehab oh. and then he was back out and trying to get back on his on his feet it's just been a it's been a journey steve and i just you know thanks for being my facebook friend this whole time here's what steve thinks of third eye blind guy there's a few bands that we just don't like touring with your third eye blinds of the world I wouldn't go near Stephen Jenkins and that band. The guy's a douchebag, you know? You can put that on camera, because I really don't care. But he is. He's not a good person. That's all I will say about that. Amazing. Uh, Stephen Jenkins is such a fucking creepy douchebag. <laughs> I feel so much better now. Uh, that is uh, Zach Lind, the drummer of Jimmy World. Here is a... Here's a real winner. Is there like a website where someone has compiled all of these? Yes, this is uh, uh, theringer.com has a compilation here. Um, He made fun of me, called me a fat guy. Screw you. He has no soul whatsoever. He and his band got into a fight once because he wanted to put just his picture on their T-shirt. I just think you are walking, breathing, living cheese. (laughs) <laughs> I want that? you to guess oh. what late 90s alt-rock star. Said that? Yeah. Late 90s alt-rock. Walking, living, breathing cheese? Yes. and uh, Living, breathing cheese. Alt-rock star uh-huh. of the late 90s, but then the biggest hit of their career about 10 years later with an inescapable grocery store hit. As a feature. On someone else's. On someone else's song. Let me ponder. So-and-so featuring so-and-so. You could say that he's a rather smooth man. He's not smooth criminal. No. Uh, That is uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. (laughs) 
Uh, Rob Thomas. I see. I has see. called Stephen Jenkins walking, breathing, living cheese. Like, is this how you've uh, led us to the subject line? Living che- human cheese. <laughs> human cheese. Human cheese. Yes. <laughs> see, I had this. That is an incredible burn. Um, he then um. So that was uh, he said that during his Matchbox Twenty days, this was before he did Smooth, and okay. then after Smooth, someone followed up with Rob Thomas. Do you still feel this way about Stephen Jenkins? Um, I don't hate him. I just don't like him. He has no soul. He's really just a cock. So <laughs> you know, he backed uh, it. He backed it down. He backed it down to just uh, you know. Just a cock. <laughs> Upgraded from human cheese to just a cock. cock. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, so then we've got Jason Slater, a former bassist of Third Eye Blind, uh, while talking about his new album in which uh, 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 there are quite a few songs about him on it. Um, I was hip to Steven's bullshit a long time ago. I wanted to have a career in music for the rest of my life, and I knew if I was associated with that guy, I would not be allowed to do so. He was the inspiration for a lot of the songs on this record. The song, Somebody Hates You, is entirely about him. (sighs) Steven Jenkins has caused a lot of misery in his lifetime. He is a net negative as a person. That is uh, John (laughs) Vanderslice, uh owned a studio, a tiny telephone in San Francisco, did like a death cab, uh, uh, mountain goats, like a lot of the like early 2000s alt-rock yeah, is yeah. John v- Vanderslice. No, I know the uh, name, Which yeah. the, uh, that quote stems from uh, uh, an interview with uh, Vanderslice. It, I had to, you know, dig in. Um, the Electra Records had... Uh, contacted Vanderslice to record the third Third Eye Blind album. Mm-hmm. So it's like hit album, hit album. They're on a major label. Um, Stephen Jenkins shows up like a couple of days late to the session. Yeah. Like the days band. Days late. Days late. The band has been recording, gets in on his motorcycle. And uh, <laughs> he's like, all right, all right, let's, uh, let's get this going. Uh, and he, uh, he grabs a chair, spins it backwards, sits down on it, uh, you know, like fucking cool guy style. Yeah. Looks John Vanderslice in the eyes and goes, all right, we can get started, but we need to talk about this rate. And Vanderslice is like, you're a major label band. Yeah, you're not I'm, even paying. I mean, I guess you're paying it and paying back your label. And... We're charging like literally indie. This is just like the top of indie studio rate. Yeah, yeah. But this is like a non-conversation. And you're in the middle of doing it. You've already agreed upon it. Uh, And uh, like, you know, what are we, what is this? This is weird. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Stephen Jenkins then replies, well, all right, let's do it then. And then uh, leaves. (laughs) And that's, that's the end of that entire. Did uh, he record? No. That's it. So, after the third eye blind guy told me he fucked my girlfriend, he told me I was a wordsmith like Jim Morrison. And that is uh, Max Collins, the front man of Eve Six. Damn. The hard in a blender guy. Yeah. Which, you know who the drummer is of Eve Six? No. 
Don was his son. No way. I think, I, unless I'm getting my wires crossed here, I, I believe that is the of the, the of bands of that wore cargo shorts, wrote songs for movies about guys fucking pies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's in one of those. Eve Six. The Eve Six guy is great. Uh huh. Uh, really good Twitter. If you want to just. I liked good... that one song. I, I'm oh. sure they have other songs. I just never, like, I didn't dig beyond. I was like, you know. Right. I was well, fed I'm... the stuff from the radio, and that yeah, is what radio I... fed me. Right. Heart in a Blender, good song. Yeah. Uh, it's just that the Eve Six guy happens to be kind of the yin to Stephen Jenkins's yang. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like, he's got a personality, but it's not a personality. Terrible. It's good. Uh huh. <laughs> That's, it's a, it's a fun yeah, internet. Yeah. I mean, hang. And what you're saying isn't that you have to have a bad personality. It's just that you have to have a personality. And we respect it, just the concept of having a personality. So that said, just reading, like, that was like 15 minutes of quotes, just calling someone like uh, evil cheese cock. Yes. I still love Third Eye Blind. Uh huh. <laughs> That's the thing. I was just thoroughly entertained by all of that. Right. I probably wouldn't love a person, a one-on-one interaction. No! <laughs> it would be bad. But you never but know. Then... Sometimes it is, Sometimes when you're ready for, when you're prepared going in for right. someone to You're be... like, ah, this is going to be bad. Yeah. It could be, well, it could be, maybe it won't be fun in the moment, but it would probably be fun later. Right. I yeah. think that. I mean, I'll... I've had a few of those. A few yeah. legendary doing sound for a band interactions that is not fun in the moment, but uh, quite a story. Fun later. Yeah. <laughs> so, the third eye blind guy is not well liked mm-hmm. by the community, but that hasn't stopped a career. And that's the thing. Like, even uh, so, like, uh, Eve Six guy, Stephen Jenkins fucked his girlfriend. They still do shows together. Really? Like every now they'll do a one off, uh-huh. not a tour. Right. They won't tour. It sounds like a lot of people are not down for the tour. Yeah, because the um it was like famously it was the Eve Six Third Eye Blind split tour of nineteen ninety nine. Six months on the road with Third Eye Blind guy. Well, you get you just giving him so much time to fuck your girlfriend at right. that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you who's who's to blame here? Okay, so 99, he fucks his girlfriend. To this day, are we still doing one-off shows? Yeah. Wow. I think that the last Eve 6 Third Eye Blind one-off was in, like, the late 2010s. Okay. You know, like, little pre-pandemic stuff. You know they're back out there. Third Eye Blind's touring. Yeah. They're doing shows. They're doing it. Yeah. And good for them. Huge shows. Those songs are great. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the thing. Third Eye Blind is, when you look at, like, the the history yeah. of music. That album comes out in 98 and then keeps selling through 99. Yeah. It is an absolute, like, complete retrospective on the last, like, 10 years of music. It's yeah. everything kind of just, like, sponged on down. Well, it's super like a, 90s. It really was that decade. Yeah. Well, and, and it goes, it, it kind of, like, it's picking up, like, vibes of like early 90s on through the mid 90s and and it is an encapsulation it's got like the the kind of like white boy hip-hop thing of like 94 you know uh the jangle of like 96 uh and then the uh the delivery the kind of like 
fuck you, I won't listen to you when you say goodbye. And also just the uh, the vocal tone, Oasis. Uh-huh. Which there is, again, <laughs> problem. Like, those are two, like, there aren't direct put-downs, but there was a, a famous San Francisco show where uh, Third Eye Blind in, like, 94, 95 opens for Oasis and upstages Oasis and gets called on to do an encore as uh-huh. an opener. And then they, like, threw a can of Coke at Liam Gallagher and, like, got into, like, a fight, a tussle, you know? <laughs> um, but Liam Gallagher, notorious asshole, has nothing bad to say about fellow notorious asshole Stephen Jenkins. Asshole respect asshole. Asshole respect asshole. And Stephen Jenkins is kind of aping the Oasis delivery. Uh-huh. Like, when uh-huh. you, when you yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's got that. It's got Maybe that's why no one is right. quite saying anything about one another don't need to we don't need that you know it's game yeah. respect game uh-huh. yeah uh so to back up to the early 90s okay stephen jenkins is on a quest for fame unabashedly he wants a record deal and he wants a good one this is his sole goal uh-huh. Uh, because he had already accomplished his first sole goal, which is telling his sixth grade teacher to eat shit. Was he in sixth grade? <sighs> no. At that po- okay. So that was just something that really you, stuck with him, or yes. Okay. In sixth grade, um, Stephen Jenkins is dyslexic, uh-huh. and he was told by his sixth grade English teacher that he would never graduate college because he's too dumb. Yeah. All right. And this burned a hole into Stephen Jenkins. And he went to UC Berkeley to be a literature major and only learn about books and reading. And he graduated UC Berkeley. And the first thing he did was hop on his motorcycle, go to his elementary school and confront his sixth grade teacher and say, well, what do you think about that whole not graduating college thing? Wow. Which is a weird thing to do. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I've held on to things people have right. said to me as fuel for the fire, but I'm not going to go back to them and go, nan-na-boo-boo, right. what do you think about me now? I mean, I definitely do it in my head. Well, that's he the thing. It. He did it IRL. IRL. Yes. Yeah. And that's and that again because I read it and mm-hmm. I went incredible. Uh, and, and that's like it's such a weird, weird, bad thing to do. But <laughs> I was filled with joy so, again. <laughs> <laughs> what does he just say? We don't like, know. We don't care. We don't care. Okay. Who, who gives a shit? You. You're a teacher. Yeah. You're a sixth grade English teacher. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You're. Th- this is third eye blind it's guy. It's one thing to use that as the third fuel, eye blind guy fire. has crafted his own personal history. It's incredible. Uh huh. You know. And, and why do we know this story? I'm sure he's because he's told it. Told it. To <laughs> he a told bunch. it. Yeah, so he he thought it was a good story. Right. <laughs> and it it is. But he told like it wasn't. It's not the sixth grade English teacher going uh, yeah. and like doing like MTV and being like and then the third eye blind guy came, came and told me to eat shit <laughs> it's the the thir- this is a he's the primary source for this story uh-huh. he did it and told people <laughs> <laughs> so that's like 1989 next goal 
Fame. <laughs> First goal, eat shit. Second goal, fame. be famous, be signed to a label uh-huh. in the 90s. Singular goal. He's right. in San Francisco in 1990, and he's going to do it. He forms a rap duo. Oh, wow. Yes, and it's it's called like Tough and Lock, but then there's a lawsuit with a country band, and so then it's Zen and Lock, and so he's working, with, and this is where we start to get into some stuff. Okay, so he... It he is one half of the rap duo mm-hmm. with a Detroit-based rapper who goes by Zen, and they work together for like three years, from 1990 to 1993, with the singular goal of okay. getting a record deal because it's the early 90s, and you know, like white boy rap is, uh, you know, we've got the Vanilla Ices yeah, and very stuff. Popular. It's, it's the time. very popular. So Stephen Jenkins is going to be a white rapper. That is his goal okay because that is the clearest path to fame white rapper like vanilla ice so <laughs> he writes with zen and they do get a placement in beverly hills 90210 hey that's big a song that's with big at the, that time. the hook i'm horny that's the big takeaway. Well, I mean, that's like a warning sign for things to come. Yes. <laughs> they get paid $7,800 for the placement. Stephen Jenkins. In 1990s money. In 1990s money. He buys Zen out for ten grand for all of, like, for all of the rights to everything that they've written and all of like Zen's contributions okay. to the project. Just buys Zen out. It's also where is he getting this ten grand? Well, he already got. There's already seven eight hundred dollars. Right. So he just he's got some other savings. He's got some other savings. Buys Zen out. Okay. Now, in the history of Third Eye Blind, we also know that during this time, he's also quote working on demos of semi charmed kind of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we this is the conspiracy theory because you know like. That first album, huge hit. Right. You know? And it's the lyrics, it's the it's the whole vibe. Uh, and when we actually listen to thir- uh, Semi-Charm Kind of Life, it's a, it's a white boy rap. Uh-huh. There are rumors that among the IP that was bought out for the 10 grand are the lyrics for Semi-Charm Kind of Life. The hit. The hit. That Zen wrote. That Zen wrote. There's just a rumor on the internet? It's a rumor that people like to... I mean, it's a rumor among the alt-rock community. Well, uh, have we heard from Zen on this? Zen is silent. Because Zen... Did Zen sign, like, a non-disclosure? He did. Or just writes? I think it's it's the it's whole everything? thing. And, oh, we're going to get into... There's there's more people signing stuff. Okay. So, we're in the we're in the early 90s. Uh, we've got the first, like, the first, like, blood in the water, and Stephen Jenkins goes, like, I'm buying all your shit. Uh-huh. And then he, uh, it's... To be, I would just say, right. though, to be fair to Stephen Jenkins, it's still, I mean, getting a placement in a thing is, is huge. Right. But then to have that much belief in your own art, I mean, people, it's so hard to believe that the things you're outputting are uh-huh. worth anything. Right. Even if you think that they're good, just to think that they have value to other people and that 
to be on that level of self-belief that you're like, I'm going to take all this money that I made from a song and I'm going to buy, it's worth even more and I'm going to buy out everything you did. Yeah. There is some, that's, well, I mean, I we, mean, would, that we is would call the, that chutzpah. I right. mean, that is. Well, that is what we would call it. Yeah. Uh, and I was mildly concerned that there would be a point at which you would be like, to be fair to Stephen Jenkins, I, I'm like, I'm I mildly mean, <laughs> walking you down a cautionary tale. Well, I'm just saying that I respect chutzpah. I'm not saying that everything else he sounds like a giant dickhead. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and and unfortunately, those two things tend to be tied. They are tied. But okay. But also, I mean, it's awesome. That's uh-huh. the, I guess that also, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying uh-huh. how fun. Okay, so, so he's. We've there is a there is a semi charm kind of life conspiracy theory. Right. All right. Um, is Zen still based in Detroit? Don't know. Okay. It's hard to find anything about Zen. Very curious. If any of our local listeners know anything, please write in. Am I friends with Zen? Do we are have we, I do we already done, know? Have I done a have I run sound for if Zen? If Zen is still in Detroit and making music, there's almost zero chance that we have not run into Zen. Right. Like if Zen is still in the city and still making music, it's a very small world, and we are based. We in probably Detroit, know so. Zen. Um, who are you? Who are you which listening? one of my friends? Yeah. Okay. Tell me your secrets. So, uh, early '90s, and then uh, you know the scene changes. White boy rap. It's out. It's rock bands. It's alternative bands. Stephen Jenkins needs to make a band, and he just burns through members for like three years. Uh, there is a pretty constant churn. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of like almost signings, almost deals. Some of them are blown up by the label. Some of them are blown up by Jenkins because he finds them to be not the right deal. Uh-huh. Uh, there's uh, one, I think it was Capital, or it might have been Geffen. I can't remember. Steven Jenkins, send me a corrections. Uh, but there was a label that was interested um, and during Third Eye Blind shows, it had become a tradition to uh, put a pinata over the audience, uh-huh. and then they would break it, and then candy would fall out, and that was their thing. Um, for the label showcase, Jenkins replaced the candy with crickets. Oh, uh, my God. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, I think it was, uh, like, you know... A fuck you. Peter I can only just assume. Destroy you today. Yeah. So wait. Okay. He replaced the pinata insides with crickets because he didn't. Because he wanted. Was it like the rest of the band wanted to sign and he didn't? Yeah. Or something. There's a lot of that because it had to be the perfect deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, to again, be fair, I would right, say that game level respect game of believing in yourself, mm-hmm. believing in the worth of the thing you're creating. There is something, I mean, there's, Jewel has this, uh, her story is, like, fascinating in that she was homeless, like, would play at this coffee shop, garnered, like, an audience of people that were fans of her music. She gets offered this huge record deal, and she takes, I mean, she could have, they were, at that time, there were way bigger advances. She could have taken the huge advance, um, and she chose to take a, because she believed in the art. She took. She got the biggest royalty split of any major label signing right, of all time. With no advance. With no advance, yeah. or or just enough of an advance, basically, to pay rent and not live in her car anymore. Yeah. But I mean, that's a crazy level of believing. Because how many people get signed to major labels and it doesn't work out? I, maybe I don't know if people listening are familiar, but that is not 
uncommon. Yeah. People get signed to major labels all the time. For f- That is just one step along the way. I mean, it, it does not mean you're going to be on the radio. Right. Which, props to Jenkins. Yeah. He did see this as, uh, as part of the deal. Because, I mean, you know, we're looking at a span of eight years. Yeah. Like, from the first, like, nibble of a label to the third eye blind signing. actually coming out. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Um, because then they get signed to Elektra in like 97 and then there's a lot of like re-recording demos and stuff. And then this is where we get into the, that perfect deal did involve a like hidden clause in which Stephen Jenkins would be the um, sole benefactor. Okay. Uh, where... Three days before signing the deal, he formed Third Eye Blind LLC, of which he was the only member of. Okay. And in the language of the contract, when all of the band members signed, believing that Third Eye Blind was them... Yeah. You know, the band Third Eye Blind, it was it actually was referring as... to Third Eye Blind LLC. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they signed a deal in which they gave all of their rights and money to Stephen Jenkins. Wow. Yes. So, which causes Well, but couldn't the... it be controversial who's the actual owner of the Yeah, it was controversial. To the point to there's a lot of um there are a lot of settlements uh-huh. around. There's a lot of like a kind of Trump style payouts, uh, like uh, so. Kevin Cadigan, the guitarist who wrote like uh, almost certainly all of the music yeah. for that album, uh, and then also like a few of the songs. Again, mm-hmm. hard to say exactly where that they land because everything is living in um, settlement NDA world. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, to the point where, uh, like, dur- whenever. Um, and, and again, Kevin Cadigan, the quote is, he's so narcissistic, he's not even a fucking person. Um, he's when, not even human cheese? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even human cheese. Wow. Just like a non-entity. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Well, he is there an is LLC. A, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a, uh, whenever Third Eye Blind goes on tour, uh, this has happened several times, Kevin Cadigan will form a group uh, called X-Eyed Blind, that's just a rotating cast of other <laughs> members of Third Eye Blind that wow. uh, have left uh-huh. in acrimonious terms. And then they do a competing tour in which they play Third Eye Blind songs. At the same at places the on same, the same night? Yes. <gasps> that's incredible. It is incredible. Like the amount that's... of just hate that this man has inspired. I th- I mean, yeah, that's that's amazing bitterness. Yeah. That's un. <laughs> It's unbelievable <laughs> next level. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, so they're playing like uh, wh- what level of venues is XI Blind playing? They're doing like Are the logger the- houses. Oh, that's just that, it's, so it's, that does seem a little it, sad. It's sad, but it's amazing. But are they having fun? That's the question. As long as they're having fun, that's amazing. Pure amazing. It's hard to say how much fun Kevin Cadigan's having at any given time. Uh-huh. Like a lot of because again, like Kevin Cadigan like joined Third Eye Blind in like 94, 95 and then did like four or five years leading like up just to leading up to being like 
the number one band in the world for right. like you know the 50 weeks yeah you know and then finding out and so the thing what he found out because of like the uh, it's time to get paid because oh, we just did it's this. like a cycle and yeah yeah yeah, right yeah yeah and then it's uh um it happens like during the eve six tour that they find out that they're not actually members of Third Eye Blind LLC. Uh, and the other at the time, the other two members of the band are like, just deal with it. Like, we'll get something. We're Third Eye Blind. We're the biggest band in the world. And Cadigan is like, this is horrible. I hate it. Um, and then still co-writes um, the follow-up album, Blue, but they do it in like separate cities. Uh, uh-huh. And they're just like yeah, shooting things around. And then there's like a the final fight is that Jenkins wants to put a satirical song about a school shooting in it, oh like from God. the and also this is like 2000. This is like two years after Columbine, uh-huh. and he's like, I really want to have my funny song about a school shooting as the lead off single for I this mean, album. He was just preempting Pumped Up Kicks. Right, right, right. I mean, right. Visionary. Yeah. Um, no, it probably. I'm guessing if it was rejected, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was a little poetic. more because, like, Stephen yeah. Jenkins, he, he loves the motorcycle jacket. He loves his motorcycles. Uh, he's a cool guy. He's a uh, a confident, nerdy jock man. Uh, he's very hot. Y- yeah, I mean, but but I don't. He has. I've no never f- met. And this is going to be controversial. Uh-huh. This is this is maybe my most give me, controversial give me the statement. Controversial statement. I don't. Ooh, I might alienate some friends. I'm trying to go through it. Uh huh. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Uh huh. I don't know if I've met a lit major who isn't on some level insufferable. Right. <laughs> What's that? A lit major who wouldn't maybe identify mm-hmm. with a. Ooh. Like a little, Ooh. like a little. Oh you no! Know? You well, think that was the? Well, so was it on the record? Did it go just not as the lead the single? Album, the label said that they could put it as an instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was probably bad. <laughs> With a follow-up EP that could have the song where no one heard it. Yeah. Where no one heard it. Fuck yeah! It, it, it's <laughs> it's regarded as bad. <laughs> it's regarded as very, very, very bad okay. taste. Then I feel like we're not quite off on our guessing of, of why. the content. Yeah. Of this song. Okay. We just know that it's supposed to be a funny little song where a kid shoots some kids. Oh boy. So Kevin Cadigan at that point is like. I cannot. This is, I cannot have a functional career if I'm riding this dick. <laughs> it is bad. Yeah. Uh, so then he quits, then he sues for like, ah, you know, this is secret money. And, yeah. and then they're like, okay, you have to give him some money. And then he's like, fine, I'm going to make XI blind. And there is the bitterness that uh, extends for uh, 24 years. That's impressive. I mean, I love using anger as or like competitiveness as fuel i think that people that just say put things behind you i i so i think that when things eat at you they can do it in two they, it can be productive or negative yeah and I, I think that you just have to figure out for yourself which one it is and i think it's situation by situation because sometimes something is like uh 
eating at you. And I think it's pretty easy to determine whether it's ruining your life or somehow weirdly enhancing your life because it's fueling your your worth work ethic and your desire to you know achieve more, create more uh, of your whatever art or what whatever you're working on, you know. And uh, so this kind of sounds like somewhere in between. where it has created more content but maybe i don't know maybe it's his best work but it sounds like maybe you he's kind of stuck in the in the bitterness that i would think at some point in the 20 something years you would go like maybe i want to be releasing stuff under a different name and not and if he's still on it he's still on it yeah which impressive i'm not right even taking away it's really for him to define to evaluate whether it's positive or negative right personal it's all about personal freedom uh-huh uh but i mean i mean i've we, had both we've had, I, we've, we've i've all, famously we've all, we've i had someone had who is a well established jazz musician in detroit com- music community tell me uh if only you were as good at music as you are at being a bitch right and that phrase has really um, motivated me over the last. I I think I don't I don't think about him often because he's a piece, piece of, of shit. shit. Yeah, <laughs> but I think about that phrase. It will be the title of your memoir. It's going to be the title of my memoir, and it and it and it really motivates me to achieve. And he is still a very prominent member of the music community in Detroit, and. He has achieved a lot less than I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> your sixth grade teacher. He's my sixth grade teacher, but I also have not gone to him and said "Nana and Boo Boo." That's another level. It's a whole nother level that they've accessed of, you know, pettiness. I'm gonna pull one last quote, and then I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing I up. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, but I mean, Third Eye Blind guy is incredible. I love the tales of if anything it's just, it's you know it's quite a story it's quite a career <laughs> Stephen jenkins had me fake arrested by a real cop in alabama on tour because the night before i'd taken a jar of candy from the front desk and said i'm the singer of third eye blind i can do whatever i want and they called his room at 3 a.m telling him to give the candy back that is the a tweet from the Eve Six guy. Well, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. <laughs> I like every bit of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, buy Ian's music. Even Ian, <laughs> Ridenhauer. Yep. Um, and uh, the is there upcoming stuff? Do we know? He is in college. So he's just fully in college. He is not doing shows. He is not doing anything. He is being a good studier okay well follow you know i'm sure he has social media where you can follow i know that there's a band campaign yep there's a band um, camp where you can give him money go follow him on spotify yeah and and th- i'm sure there will be more because he's a young creator yes uh this has been i don't heart radio if you want us to cover um something that you think is not getting enough attention uh please send that music to i don't heart radio pod at gmail.com subject line Human cheese. All right. Uh, I'm Summer Krinsky. I'm Scott.